Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy, happy, happy Friday to you. I always start this out by saying that just because it's Friday. And even though Labor Day was just this past Monday and it was a short week, we all know how short weeks go. They go super fast, which could be very good if you're like, hey, I'm just trying to get through the week. But you could be on different sides of the Friday trek. But we have arrived. We are here. It is now Friday. So happy Friday to you. I want to start this podcast by first of all, honoring every life that was lost for September 11th. As much as I greeted you with a happy Friday, I am not, I'm not aware of how solemn today is going to be or how solemn today your today was. Keep in mind Everybody has their thoughts in about September 11th and the Twin Towers and the devastation that it touched, in my opinion, every American. If you were here during that time, there's no way you don't have a sense of pain or anguish or just a kind of mixed emotions. And I know everyone is going to tell their story, so I might as well go right into telling mine, you know, we're not talking about, you know, like our great grandparents or our great grandparents who lived through different things. You know, when you live through something, you've experienced something, you've been alive during whatever such a time. You remember exactly where you were, how you felt, what was happening. And so that's how I feel about September 11. And September 11, when it happened, I was on Penn State campus hanging out, um, you know, having one of those AKA adult sleepovers with my boyfriend at the time who is now my husband and I remember leaving his dorm walking over to mine to just grab a couple of books I'd already gotten dressed and I remember like that our dorm wasn't super far but it was a little walk and I remember like seeing students running I mean you could always see somebody on campus running on any given day, but I remember just seeing like a plethora of students running, you know, it was like, it felt like it just felt eerie. You could tell something wasn't right. So as I get to my dorm at the time, I think it was, a, I want to say I was a sophomore, maybe even a junior. No, nope. I think it was a sophomore. And I remember going back to my dorm, which I had my own room. And I remember just everything was just in the hallway, which is so eerie. And so as I went to like the community spot, it's called the hub. If you are Penn State, you know, we are Penn State. If you went to Penn State, you know, the hub Robinson Center, Robinson Center. It was where everybody hung out. Didn't matter who you were, didn't matter. Everybody hung out. You know, there was, you know, places you can eat, you can hang out, you can do homework. I remember seeing people just crying and screaming and hugging and congregated by the TV. So as I got to the TV, they were, you know, obviously reassuring um, the devastating pictures of the Twin Towers going down and my heart sunk. And I remember one of my friends came and she grabbed me and she's crying and she's telling me how she didn't, she hadn't been able to get in contact with her mom and her mom worked close by and she wasn't able to get in contact with her and so you know this immediate panic and fear so after I comforted her and she decided to go see some of her other friends you know I decided to leave go to my boyfriend's dorm of whom whom he was either just starting to see the story or maybe he hadn't heard it at that point but just letting him know like this is crazy so we went to class together I had skipped my political science class at that that particular day because there was no way I could go 
and sit in that particular class. But there was another class that we went to where it was like, you know, a big community of us. Like we really felt connected, even though, you know, it just was what it was. And so we went and we were listening to stories. I remember very vividly students saying how they couldn't get a hold of their parents and they had still not gotten hold of their parents. And by that point, I think it was like mid afternoon. And it was just one of the most scariest times. And so we all remember who were here, remember what we were doing what this you know the atmosphere was like I remember going back to my boyfriend's dorm that night to try to go sleep and I remember like not being able to sleep like not being able to sleep not being able to rest nothing um my husband still sleeps with the tv on nightly it's five seconds part of the reason why I have like a sound machine the weighted blanket and just other things but I'm also like semi restless, like I can fall asleep at the drop of a dime, but staying asleep and getting quality sleeps, two different things. But I remember having that TV on, you know, if you sleep with a TV on in your room, which I highly recommend you don't, I would say, you know, that depending on what you watch, it can either affect your sleeping pattern by either introducing things into your dream life or to your REM sleep. And so I remember like not being able to sleep because I just kept feeling like scared. I kept feeling jolted because I kept saying, you know, this could happen to anybody. This can happen anywhere. You know, we're a couple of hours away from our parents. You know, what if something happens? You know, just immediate scare and fear. I thought about all the international students who I knew in a certain degree people would be looking at them sideways. Like, you know, this is your fault. This is from your country or whatever the case may be. So there was a lot of moving factors on September 11th. And no matter how long it's been, it's really just feels like that same solemn feeling. So I know, like for my, for instance, I post on, you know, my social media about remembering and always remembering, but it's more than that. It's more than just posting a picture that says we remember. It's about thinking about every person that tried to save another person and lost their life trying to save someone else. And it didn't matter what color people were, you know, were at that time. You know, people were literally were coming together to pull bodies out of the rubbish to try to save as many lives as they could. And it was one of the most darkest times. It was one of the most times, you know, that I can remember in my history of being alive. Just remember seeing people trying to attempt to come together. Now, I mean, you know, things have changed since then. And, you know, we got a lot more things crazy going on. But it doesn't take away from the fact that so many American lives were lost over terrorism. And it was just such a dark time. I remember it just didn't, you know, and it, you know, even after the first year anniversary of September 11th came, it was still just like it happened the day before it was so fresh, still so new. And even weirdly, it still feels the same. Like I can remember what I had on as I'm sitting in, you know, in class, we were discussing it and comforting each other and trying to get through it. It's not a memory that I could ever forget. Like I plan to, you know, eventually be able to tell my kids like, this is what happened. This is what I was doing. And so as we continue to press on from today, as we move forward and we're thinking about how things are going to go for us and we're thinking about, you know, the people that are mourning and we all mourn together and we have this solemn moment, you know, it's just another reminder that we just never know when our time's going to be. And I know that sounds so grim because it's like Friday, but we can't just, we can't ever just skip over something so monumental as the September 11th attack. We can't. So we have to talk about it just for a few seconds, a few moments, just to give that that time to just say, this is reality. This is what happened. And so if you're feeling like your emotions are all over the place, trust me, I understand. I say do whatever is necessary for your self-care. But remember, make sure that when you do do whatever it is that you need to do for your self-care, make sure that it's things that promote healthy mind, body and soul. Like, I'm not telling you to go drink your life away because you feel like that's going to numb your pain because, you know, it only numbs your pain temporarily. But find those things that you can do that helps clear and cleanse your mind and your thought process so that you can, you know, figure out how you're going to maneuver and move because this is a lot. No lie. I know everybody's like, why do you always talk about mental health care? Because I like to think that we all have some type of mental health issue that we may be dealing with and may not be as large as someone else, right? It may not be as someone who may be dealing with schizophrenia. It may not be with someone. And again, I don't consider there to be levels. I do believe there's degrees, but I feel like 
if you deal with mental illness on one scale, you can understand somebody else's who's going through something else. That's called empathy. And we should walk into that a lot more because we don't walk in that enough. We don't walk in someone else's shoes and consider their thoughts and consider what they may be going through. Even if you yourself have never felt it, even if you have never gone through something, you should still put yourself and ask yourself, how would you feel if somebody, if you were in that same position, would you be able to be honorable and how you handle it? So do whatever you have to do today for self-care. Um, I plan to kind of relax a little bit I have a surprise for my son and my niece their birthdays are tomorrow and let me just tell you the I was talking to my mom and my sister about that tonight like just the story surrounding you know the September 11 and my son and being having him when I was pregnant with him he'll be nine but I was thinking about how um when I was pregnant with him and his due date I was looking through paperwork like trying to figure like what what was his original due date? His original due date was September 24th. And I remember that because it's my parents' wedding anniversary and or their, when they renewed their vows, I should say. They got married in June. And so it was in the renewal of their vows. So it's the same around the same time. And I remember thinking, like, I don't want this boy to be born on September 11th. And I know that sounds super selfish. And I please forgive me if that's offending anybody. But really, the reality is I just didn't want the date to be associated with such a drudgery day, because I felt like how would I feel like celebrating his life knowing that other people have passed away. And I know there's been people that have died every single day of the year, right? It just is what it is. But I just didn't want this was such a monumental time. I didn't want to have his birth associated with that. And I didn't want his birth to be associated necessarily with that as a negative connotation, but necessarily like, you know, just that grieving process. And I wanted to have like positivity to be surrounded by his birth. And so I went into labor on September 11th. Um, I got to the hospital about maybe seven or eight o'clock at night after I had already been going through labor from probably like eight o'clock in the morning. So by the time I got there, I'd probably been labor for 12 hours. And when I got there, they were like, you know, your contractions are very close. I'd already had a C-section the first time I was trying to V-back, which is basically a vaginal birth after a C-section. So that's V-back. And I was going to be eligible to do so, except for then my son's heart rate started to fluctuate. And so then they had to prep me for surgery. And in that prepping, it caused me to bypass September 11th to get to September the 12th, which was his birthday. And I was just so grateful that I, you know, that I was able to get past that moment because, again, he was already uh, two weeks early, quote unquote. And so I just wanted to um, I just wanted his birthday to just be on an uplift. And I wanted to have some type of redemptiveness from his birth since his birth became so close to that because originally it was going to be close to my parents anniversary so I knew that the two days would be tied you know around that time but I was just grateful I was just grateful because I just I knew how I felt September 11th and I knew how I would feel every year September 11th and I just was like I just didn't want to have to try to push through my own feelings of that and that's why I say my heart goes out to people who have actually lost their lives during that because can't even imagine them waking up every September 11th and never being able to forget it. I mean, we can't forget it. And as an outsider looking in, but still an American can't forget it. I can't even imagine somebody intimately going through that. So yeah, my son's birthday is this weekend and my niece's birthday is this weekend. They both share the same birthday. They both had close calls of being almost born on September 11th. And so I'm grateful. Um, weirdly enough, I have a twin and her that's her daughter and just having our kids four years apart on the same day is still very special so we're going to celebrate them pretty big this weekend and when I say pretty big within uh corona time coronavirus times covid times extremely social distance no birthday party or anything like that no gatherings um from us so but we found a way to find a little activity where we can kind of have a little bit of fun and honor them as they turn, you know, their big, their numbers. And um, I'm so grateful for that. Um, as you all know, this is going to be the season finale of season one. And the reason why I decided to take a two week break was one, I believe in breaks. And I'm trying to walk in the spirit of breaks, because breaks are good and breaks are necessary. The other part of it is that um, 
seasonal depression to me is extremely and very real. I have suffered in the past behind it. Last year was probably the first year in a long time where I've kind of gotten it together, but I know that it still exists. And with the virus, we don't know how this virus is going to continue to move and shape the way that we, you know, engage with one another. I wanted to make sure that I was there to support. So on October the second is when we'll come back with the first episode of season two. And I've gotten a couple of questions um, about season two and what my expectations are. My expectations for season two is going to be for continued growth. My expectations for season two is now that you've gotten used to who I am and learning and starting to learn me and hearing my voice. I want to bring in a couple of guests, not every episode, but just a few guests here and there to talk about all kinds of things and just about every um every every area of life um I do know that my husband has agreed to be on season two um for however many episodes I'm going to get him to be on and um we're going to talk about like a he said she said that's always been like a vision of me to have him um go back and forth just you know my interpretation of a situation is completely different from his interpretation and that's just normal between a husband and a wife and just to talk about like some of our earlier years to hopefully help another couple who may be struggling with marriage or even just really relationships because reality is that we've grown up with each other I've known him for over 20 years and there's been a lot of ins and God knows a lot of outs so we're just going to talk about that so I do expect to have him on for season two and a couple other guests I want to talk to some doctors and just some things just to be a support system because again I was talking to my children's pediatrician and you know with the flu season just pretty much around the corner you know the symptoms of the cold, the flu, and now COVID will all mirror each other. So we're all going to be thinking that half of us got COVID when it may be a cold or it may be the flu. And it's going to, it looks to be might like, it's going to be the potential to have to be the one of the worst flu season, quote unquote, that we've ever had. So I can only admonish you if you, you know, if this is what you normally get. If you're not, please consider getting a flu shot to protect you and your family. I've already taken my children to get their flu shot. And I just wanted to make sure that we're all protected as possible. Uh, My kids, they already get pretty sick in the fall. So I always want to make sure that I protect them as much as I possibly can. And um, that's what we're doing. That's what I've been doing this week. Um, Also, this week, we started back to virtual learning. Uh, my children's school is in full every day show up to school we see you you see me put your mask on cover your mouth don't sneeze on stuff cover your own touch your own pencil get your own paper they're in school every single day I have elected my husband and I have elected to have our children be home virtually and tap into the school which means that they will log in and they can see their class and they can see their teacher teach So it's not like when it happened down when the shutdown happened in March where my husband and I had to become the teachers. We kind of have to be like the overseers. I consider us like assistants. We're not the teachers this semester. We're like assistants to the teacher. These last couple of days have been extremely interesting. Um, We have practiced logging in so that we wouldn't have any issues. And then there were still a couple of technical things, but nothing major. We've had a couple, maybe one or two little falling outs and little meltdowns. And so that's been, it's been what it's going to be. And so we're just doing our best to support our children. Um, You know, a lot of parents are making, again, I can't stress enough, are making completely difficult decisions because having your kids at home gives, you know, one set of parents a peace of mind saying, you know, my kids are home, they're safe. But the other part is they may not be connected. They may not feel like they're connected to their school because they're not in school. And so... You know, we've been dealing with that. And again, you know, if you've been listening to conversations with Toy, you know, I'm going to make sure they talk to their therapist and make sure they talk to whomever they need to get that emotional release, because I want to teach my children how to navigate, especially the mental health system, not because I'm speaking something on their life is because we all deal with some level of anxiety and we all deal with some level of depression. And it would be pretty asinine for me to think that as an adult, I'm the only one going through it and my kids are not capable of going through that because that's a lie. Kids pick up on things. They have their own sets of emotions and, you know, me going to school and dealing with the things that I was going through the school. I never went to the school during a pandemic. Right. And in Philadelphia, or we like to call it Philadelphia, I'm not going to school where kids are, you know, being killed. And, you know, there's been a level and an increased uptake level of children that have been unfortunately killed 
during these last couple of months, this last, yeah, I would say since January, we're probably, I think we're right underneath Chicago and you know how deadly Chicago can be. So again, the thought process behind we thinking that kids don't go through things is just mind boggling because kids go through things in themselves. They have their own feelings of feeling inadequate about whatever it is that they have to do. And so I've already been really cognizant of always listening to that and being clear, helping them to make sure that they have whatever they need as an arsenal, as a tool to help them. And if I can help them navigate it now as kids, I feel like by the time they become adults, even if they go through something, they'll at least know what they can can do. They know who to reach out to. They'll know how to make appointments. It won't feel like it's um, shameful. It won't feel like it's them being weak. They won't feel like that because they're already used to walking in that. And so that's the goal is not to speak anything into their lives. It's not to make them feel like, you know, these kids can't take nothing. Whether you feel like kids can't take anything or not, the best thing you can still do is support them. And that's the job that I hope that my husband, I mean, I really don't put as much emphasis as making sure that they become doctors and lawyers and all that stuff. I want them to be good citizens and I want them to have good mental health. Because if they have good mental health and become good citizens, they can navigate anything that's inside of them and make this world better. Because they can be more in tune and more aware of the people around them and themselves. So that's my little TED talk on children, the coronavirus, virtual learning versus being in school. Parents got to do what's best for them. I'm doing what I feel is best for me and praying that my decision will not come back to bite me and that they will be better off for it. And I don't judge another parent for sending their children to school at all, because again, we make the decisions according to what we know and you got to do with what's best for you. Um, can we talk about gaslighting this week as we end this season one? You know, gaslighting, no matter how you slice it, is really just ability, usually of another person. I've never, you can't really gaslight. If you gaslighting something, you, you know, that's not, you can't gaslight things, but you can gaslight between relationships. Now, that doesn't always mean romance, romantic, but it does come up a lot in romantic relationships. But any relationship can be gaslighting. Your parents can gaslight you. Children can gaslight parents. Um friendship relationships romantic platonic like there's so many aspects of gaslighting but basically gaslighting in a nutshell is you feel like something is going on something is wrong you're feeling something like your intuition is picking up on something but your the other person is making you feel as if you're making it up it's inside of your head it never existed it did not happen the way that you felt or hear it and so then you're like left with this thought process of you know what am I going to do you know, this um, situation is, you know, becoming more and more intense. And I just don't understand why this is being said. Um, the person who does the gaslighting usually does it in a way to humiliate you to make you feel like, you know, maybe you didn't think that maybe that was in your head. And so you really will lose confidence in yourself, self esteem issues, all kinds of gamuts with gaslighting. Um, this came up today and I had did a post about it because we're talking about, you know, Trump, unfortunately, it was revealed that he stated that he did know that um, the coronavirus was going to be as bad as it was or is, I should say. And it has takes a special type of person. Now, again, I don't really talk about politics, not because I don't believe in it. I'm actually a political science major. I really could go all day back and forth with anybody about different parts of the political process. But this is not about politics. This is just about people. You know, if somebody knows something and they just refuse to withhold that type of information, you can sit there and call it a lie. You can call it telling a story. You know, back in the day, I wasn't allowed to say somebody was a liar. I had to say you was telling a story. Well, whatever level you like to put up with that or whatever level you like to call that. At the end of the day, there has to be a special form of gaslighting to have facts that support that something's not going to be OK for you to believe that there's all kinds of stuff happening, but you say, no, it's not really happening. And this whole concept of downplaying or uplifting or whatever you can, you want to call it to avoid panic, you can still inform. I think, and I think that's just to me as a form of gaslighting from the top down. Um, you can experience again, gaslighting in all kinds of relationships where you'll be feeling as if something is just completely off and not together. And then you figure out later on, 
that one, you were either right or two, that person has has you so far in their grips of gaslighting that you don't even realize how bad it is until way after the fact. I think with gaslighting, I think it becomes one, we're so trusting of the person that we're dealing with that we don't consider that the person that we're dealing with would do something to hurt us. So we ignore every sign, every single sign of it because of the fact that we're putting so much emphasis on the relationship instead of listening to what people are saying and hearing and seeing how their actions line up with what they're saying. We don't pay enough attention to their actions at all. I mean, you can legit say a lot of different things and not have any true intent behind it. So just be careful if you find yourself in a situation where you feel like you're being gaslit. And I say lit because it's gaslighting. But um, yeah, be careful of that because one of the things I try to avoid is that when I hear people say that someone is their everything, this concept of someone being your everything leads to, in my opinion, situations where people either can take advantage of you or you leave yourself wide open to just all kinds of craziness. I want somebody that's going to complete, you know, not even complete me. I want somebody that is going to come and make my life that much better. And I do the same for them. I want someone that's going to come and challenge me to be a better person. And, and, and with challenging you to be a better person, it also is going to bring out of you the things that are not. But I don't want someone that's going to openly use that information to come against me to basically have me underneath their grip. So when I hear people say that a person is their everything, be careful who you give this, this person's my everything title to, because you, there should be still a little part of you that remains. I know that when you just, you know, everybody's like, well, I want to get, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people want to be married and have this concept of being one. I honestly believe that you can be one and unified and agreement with someone and walk in that type of unification and walk in love and walk in agreement and be on the same page. But you also can still have your identity, meaning you still have certain talents that are inside of you that may not be fully connected to your spouse. Your spouse may not be the person that is supposed to be. He can be in your life. He or she can be in your life. But it doesn't mean that they are the person that sparks that inward joy that you have when you complete something. If you're a chef and your your husband, or your wife can't cook. It's okay to love them and still walk in agreement with them, but still love being a chef that may make you your, your biggest joy. It may then turn into other things that come from that one talent could build up into all kinds of other things, but you can still have that one talent or that, and that one thing that you truly love and enjoy. And it doesn't always have to be connected to the person that you're with. Like with everything that we do, balance is always going to be key. That's why when people do yo-yo dieting and just different diet programs if you don't learn to focus on the balance of what it is that you're doing this is why people fail and fall off balance will keep you grounded and balance in relationships will keep you grounded as well because when you become grounded in a relationship you will pick up sooner when someone's gaslighting and when you become grounded and more balanced in relationships you'll be also able to find yourself in a situation where you can identify red flags. Like a lot of times we don't even pay attention to red flags because once we're so caught up in a relationship, we don't even pay attention to certain things anymore. So it's important to be sure who you align with because that trust that you give to another person can be extremely a blessing. And then that trust that you give to another person can be extremely debilitating. Um, it takes a lot to break down a person where they're unable to see themselves. And you know how many times people say I've lost myself in my in the relationship. It's true. I mean, I've done it. I've lost myself getting caught up, you know, given to that person because it becomes so new and so flagrant and you're just so involved with it. It's so mesmerizing. You're like, this person just does everything. It just makes me feel so warm and fuzzy and all that other stuff. But some of that needs to be reserved on, you know, you doing those things for yourself too. Do you make yourself feel happy? Do you make yourself feel content? How do you feel when you look in the mirror? Like these are things that we should focus on so that we don't get fully caught up in another person. With me being married, you know, I love my husband to the nth degree. There's nothing that he can't get from me. If I have it, he can't, I can't, he couldn't stop me from loving him. 
outside of him doing stuff he ain't got no business doing but you know like everything about him I love and even the things that irritate me irritate me about him I still love him but I'm not so caught up in him that I can't ignore like I would hope to not ignore abusive relationship or make excuses for his you know bad behavior so that's really what gaslighting is and so I just want us to be aware because gaslighting is so prevalent that we don't even consider the simplest of things could be a form of gaslighting, just as simple of things. So that's always been very important to me to pay attention to the things that people say and the spirit in which they say it, because those things truly, truly, truly matter. I wanted to talk about your trash. You know, we deem trash, you know, trash is just things that we are considered waste, things that we have excessive of, we need to get rid of, things that no longer serve us. Trash are so many different definitions or things that can follow under the umbrella of trash. And have you ever noticed that when you're following, going into a new season, unless you're, you know, if, especially if you're somebody like myself, when I go into a new season, I actually will go through my entire closet and see those things that don't fit anymore see those things that I feel like I no longer desire, see those things where I'm like, you know what, it's it served its purpose, it needs to go on to the next person. When I was younger, and I've talked about this before with being like in the shelter and different things, you get a lot of things handed to you, given to you, bought for you, um, hand-me-downs, you know, Goodwill, thrift store, whatever the case may be. And I've always thought when I was, you know, now that I'm an adult that, when I give something to someone, I give it to them with the spirit of wanting to give them my blessings versus me just giving them stuff that I just don't no longer want. And so I've always prayed and I've done this for like a while. Like I think when I had my daughter it just became so prevalent to me to give from a place of a good heart. And when you give from a place of a good heart, like I'm not recording anything that I'm doing to give to somebody. I just think that's so crazy. But I say, God, please bless the people or whomever was going to come in contact with the things that I'm giving away. May it be a blessing to them. Because what we consider to be trash, it could be something that could touch someone's entire life. When I think about, you know, you ever had those moments when you have those thought processes like, oh, I really wish I could have such and such and such. Or you're thinking about, man, I really need A, B and C. I've had times when someone has just walked up to me and given me something or not necessarily walked up to me, but just have given me something that I needed that only my prayer would have even brought that to me. And so it's like, when you feel like you're heard, it opens and makes your whole just your whole being happy. And so I always think about what if the bag that I'm giving away to someone was a suit to an interview that got them that job? What if the dress that I gave them was a dress that they wore to watch their best friend get married and they just had great memories with something? I think about that. Like, where will these clothes be going to to fill whatever desire for someone's life or whatever it is that they have going on? And I know, I know, I know that when you give away clothes to something or somewhere, not everything gets to the rightful destination, that some things get burnt up, some things get destroyed. I get that. But I always say, God bless my efforts, that my heart is always open to give something to someone that makes them feel good. Because, you know, like I said, you know, when I was growing up and being in that shelter, you know, you would get all kinds of stuff. And I never was in a situation where my mom allowed me to feel, um, first of all, ashamed. But two, you know, you don't feel and look down on people and you have this high highness and naughty look about people where you're just like, oh, how did they get in the situation? They got in a situation because life is happening all around. And so I don't want to give stuff to people and be like, mm, I'm giving it to people because they're struggling. Like that's not at all my MO. That's not how I think. That is not how I process because I lived it. So I don't, wouldn't want someone to do to me what I'm not. Wouldn't I just don't want to have that type of karma in my life. And so I'm always cognitive. Like what if this one you know, a pair of jeans was like went on a first date with someone and they met their significant other, right? We don't know where our clothes, our shoes, our belongings is going, but sometimes it's a blessing to someone. 
I mean, you can give away furniture and somebody is just starting off their new home. You know, maybe they were living with family all this time. They get their first new home and something that you thought was like getting rid of and you're upgrading could be the blessing that they always needed. Or they got it for, you know, cheaper because of something that you donated. And now they don't have to worry about that's one less expense coming from their house. That's how that's the way I think. That's how I feel like when we say we give from a good place and we're giving for because we want to give towards something. You know, I think about that is my process when I'm packing up stuff and I try to give that to my kids. We'll give stuff away and I'll say, well, what toy really made you feel happy? What if we could make another child feel happy? And if my kids said, well, I don't want to give that away, I probably wouldn't even push it. But I would I wouldn't even explain to them about how, you know, you know, mommy was in the shelter. I've already talked to them about that. So they're fully aware of that. I don't feel like that is a time to use a guilt trip to get kids to do something. But I will say, I feel like I'm trying to teach them how to give towards people and give to people from a place of love and want to and desire. Because I don't feel like you should give anything to somebody that's going to make you upset that you gave it. Because why give somebody something in that same attitude and spirit? Like, why? Who... What type of karma are you trying to reap in your life by giving something to somebody and you're mad about having to give it? You don't get no honor from doing that. You're not honored because you did it just because you gave it and you gave it away with a mean spirit. Like, don't nobody need that type of energy in their life. So I'm just extremely always humble about how I carry myself. How I think about the things and people around me, because, you know, since coronavirus has taken place, we haven't had like a full-fledged way of connecting you know some of us are feeling completely disconnected from people because we can't socialize we can't hug people we can't interact with people we can't give high fives we can't you know give the brumman dab we can't do nothing because anything that we do and we're not spaced apart six feet apart you know we could potentially affect another person so that's a lot of pressure but with just a disconnect you know it's that type of disconnect with people is really not helping people's minds, people's emotions. People are really, truly going through. And not only that, are they going through mentally and emotionally, but like financially, people are losing their jobs, losing their homes. Um, I watched the story about the, I think it was in Texas where people were being evicted. You know, this is the type of world that we live in. And it's really bad on both sides because I can sympathize with people who have lost their jobs. And I can also sympathize with folks who have mortgages and things that they have to pay, but they're renting out stuff like it's, it's so unfortunate. And so this, this sense of disconnect is real. It's real. It's happening. People are feeling it. People are down. People are out. They're just, they're all over the place. So just keep that in mind when you're blessed and certain things that have no real relevancy, makes you feel like you're upset about something and it's like hey but my somebody over there their basic needs are not taken care of so just stay humble stay humble because you could be one tootsie roll away from being in the faith line or being homeless I'm telling you that right now and so I honor God all the time I honor you know just responsibility and just having the ability to have the means and the ways of to be able to take care of our family I'm, I'm super grateful Um, I know you guys should know by now that I have a blog. This podcast is an extension of that blog. That's why if you pay attention to like this, the notes of the, of the podcast, it's really a blog cast. I started blogging this November will be six years. And in these six years, I had to go through the trenches of learning the ups and downs and ins and outs of blogging. This was before I was even, first of all, even able to look at and see what a contract even looked like. This was before um, I started getting products sent to me. This was before I started doing reviews. This was before any of that. This was just me having this wild idea to go ahead and start this blog and felt like I had something to say. And at the time I was like, I want to help people to get past their failures. And I still do. Like, I feel like, you know, and the funny thing we call things or failures are really just lessons. But the lessons that I learned have been hard hitting. Like when I fall, I fall hard. Like I can't fall slow. Like I just have to do it. I got to go all the way in. So that's a, that's how the blog got started. And in the six years I have grown 
tremendously and I'm grateful. I have connected with some amazing people who are bloggers themselves or influencers who have really helped me, who are really inspiring. But I also feel like, you know what, I don't compare myself to whomever else is doing something because my light is just as dope. Like I'm just as dope as the next person. I don't have to have 22K. I mean, would I love to have those types of numbers? Yeah. But even with all of those things, slow and steady wins the, wins the race. So I don't compare myself. This podcast is an extension of that blog of which you can, you know, read at www.toytime, which is T-O-I-T-I-M-E dot org. Now, a couple of years ago, when I first started, it was a dot com. And I literally, I would say, I won't even say literally, I hate saying literally, but since COVID in March, I changed it from a dot com to a dot org. Now, I was already going to change it from a dot com to a dot org because I wanted to have more. First of all, I wanted to own the the domain. That's number one, because ownership is the only way you can work. This is the reason why I can say yes and I can say no, because I'm not under someone else where they can call the shots for me or any of that. But I wanted to own my domain. And then the second thing was I wanted to have complete control over ads and how I place ads, and who I did ads with, and all those other aspects. So therefore, I, that's the that's just the way that I went. And it's been working out. So now I went from a com to a org. And this podcast is just an extension of that. Because we talk about all kinds of life lessons. I mean, I've done shared all kinds of things that I've done and things that I've struggled with. I mean, I've had times where I've had my car repossessed. And I've had all kinds of stuff happen. Because when you're not making good decisions... I'm telling you that right now, it could go left quick. And so I've learned through the embarrassment and the pain of watching myself out of this. I felt like it was like an out-of-body experience. Like, is that really Toy going through that? But people didn't understand. Like, Toy wasn't getting her life together. And so it was like a shake-up. Like, either you're going to shake up, or you're going to wake up, or you're just going to have to keep going through this until you stop. Until you get it together. Because you're just going to keep making bad decisions at this point. But, you know, in your 20s, I think you're allotted that, right? I'm not telling 20 years old to go out here and just do whatever you want with no consequence. But I'm saying there's always a season. And in my season of 20s, and it's been a ride. It's been a ride. That's why I say my daughter, my oldest daughter, um, I had her when I was 28. She came in right in the nick of time and it kind of like woke me up because at that point, you know, yes, I was 28. Yes, I already had my degree. Yes, I was living in my own apartment. Yes, I had a car. I was doing what I needed to do surfacely. But at 28, she woke me up to where I had to step it up even further. And so, you know, in a way, I, I it sounds cliche, it sounds, it sounds corny. But my daughter woke me up and pretty much saved my life because it was through her that I was able to recognize that I needed to get counseling and go through therapy and get some things taken care of because I didn't want to be the type of parent I didn't want to holler at her all the time and she was just a baby like and that's not saying that I was hollering at her I'm just saying I just felt that that in me and I wanted to just do whatever I can you know every generation should get better and I'm sure my mom has done exploits that have been better than what my grandmother have done or was going through and I hope to be better than what my mom went through and had had on her plate and I hope that my daughters and my son exceed in abundantly more than whatever I'm doing because I feel like I'm only touching the surface of trying to support my children and doing what I what I can to be a good quote-unquote mom and I don't feel like a quote a good mom is a perfect mom I think a perfect I think a, a good mom is the mom who recognizes her needs and can balance who can fill her cup so that she can fill other people's cup. I think a good mom is the one who can recognize her faults so that when she has those days where she done filled up everybody's cup and now she's on the edge and she's going crazy, she can, you know, not going crazy, but yelling and, and just being somebody other than what she's supposed to be, that she can go back and apologize immediately and not do it out of grudge. You know, those are the types of things that I aspire to every single day because I make a mistake every day. And so those are the types of things that I focus on. So season one has been amazing. 10 episodes, 
talking about the things that I've gone through, the things that I've said, the things that I've done wrong, that I hope will be an encouragement not for you to do more wrong or try to outdo me, but to get to the point where you say, you know what, I'm going to learn from some from her mistakes so I can avoid the heartache and pain. Because let me tell you, I didn't have many nights where I cried. And I was frustrated. And it's like my pride of not wanting my parents to be involved. So I'm going to take care of things myself. I mean, I've been through it all up and down. And I would hope that we could all like learn from each other, but like not forcefully allow ourselves to go through things just because. So season one has been that ride. It's been, hey, this is who I am or this is a part of who I am. You know, get to know me, read my blogs, read the, you know, read about me, figure that out to, you know, to say, okay, we get it. Now let's keep growing. Because that's what I want to do in season two. It's all about growth. It's about talking more about our different topics as I have all kinds of lineup. And again, I'm going to be having guests. Uh, my husband's going to be one of the guests that's going to come through. Uh, we're going to talk about our relationship like a he said, she said. Because, you know, my interpretation of things is different from his interpretation. And somewhere in the middle is the, the truth of how it boiled down to. But yeah, that's the growth that I want to see for season two. Um, these two weeks is going to be amazing. I plan to decorate, you know, my house for fall because by the time we come back October 2nd, um, the first day of fall, I believe is either September the 22nd or September the 23rd. So we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be just the, the cusp of fall, you know, as it gets colder, you know, seasonal depression is real. So I want to make sure I support those who may be going through that. Um, I'm going to try to get a good system down for the back to school virtual learning, um, keeping my eye out and my ears out for um, this virus as it progresses. Um, we are about to go into um, the voting season as we have an election. This is an election year. It's a major election year. And it's not my job to tell you who to vote for, but it is my job to encourage you to register to vote and make sure that your voice is being heard regardless of what your voice has to say. And so... Those are the types of things that will be happening in the next two weeks. Um, I'm going to. Oh, and I want to go to Lavilla. So if you're in or near the Philadelphia area, Lavilla Orchards is one of those amazing. I won't say farm, but I'll say like for me, it feels farmish. Now, granted, I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I've been in Philly for almost 10 years. And I still like the feeling of small town, small town feeling, but being in the big city. And so anytime I can go to anything where I can do like an apple picking or um, corn husking or anything weirdly around that, I absolutely adore. So that's why I love going to Lynn Villa. I went, I've gone just about every year since I've moved here in Philadelphia. I do I go by myself for a day. I go with my family and then I go with the kids because my husband is not a fan of all that hay and all that other stuff, but he does go at least with us at least once a year and we have a really good time. You can eat really amazing. This is not, this is not an ad. <laughs> I'm just, this is free promo for them, but yeah, I love Lynn Villa. And so that's what I'll be doing in the next two weeks, trying to schedule that trip in, um, getting ready for the fall, getting the school, the kids together for school. Also, Usually around this time is when I start buckling down on my savings even further because of the holidays. I don't like to um, uh, charge anything for, you know, I want to charge any of my credit cards or anything like that for the Christmas season. I rely solely on savings. And what I mean by savings is like literally having a separate savings from our family savings where I pull from that and do all of my shopping. And that means decorating and everything so right right now I start tightening up on my budget I start only getting those things that I can truly justify as necessarily and show enough need so that for me um, the holidays has always been about creating memories and for my children there's just certain traditions that we do that are beyond the gifts that we focus on and so that's what I want to get involved with but also keep it in mind too and this is the reason why season two becomes so much more important is that during the holidays, especially if this virus continues to be what it's going to be, what are we going to do if families can't get together? 
Like if you cannot contribute, if you cannot go and be with the family that you're normally used to being with them for the holidays, how much depressive people will be. That's real because that's really what could happen. I'm not speaking that at all, but it could happen. Um, so I want to be mindful of that. Even though I'm making my attempts to get ready, you know, time is not waiting for any of us. And you can see we're almost in the middle of September. And that's saying, you know, it'll be September's over and October's here. Because by the time we come back, it'll be October. That's only in two weeks. So that's not a lot of time at all to get it all together. It's not enough time to, you know, overthink. Like there's a lot of things to be done. And when you think about when September hits and October comes, like the year is pretty much over because you go from Halloween if you celebrate and believe in it to Thanksgiving to Christmas and then to the new year. And so it's really tight. It's really tight. But again, people are super depressed, super sad. You know, there's loved ones that have gone before them that they think about the most during these big holidays. And I want to make sure that I'm here to talk about these different things. Cause it's not like I've not been through that. It's not like I don't go through that. It's not like I don't deal with those types of emotions every single fall, every fall and every winter. And the winter gets even worse because when you think about how dark it gets, how cold, I can't stand being cold. I don't like cold. I listen, I have a, um, what is this? A weighted blanket. It's extremely hot, but for the most part, I can sleep in that for the most part, almost all year because I love heat. I love being snuggled in it. Sometimes I just bring it on the couch and if I'm having like a stressful day, I'll like wrap it around me. It's like giving me like a hug that I didn't have to ask anybody for. And it works wonders. But yeah, we need to make sure that we're supporting each other because there's so many things you may need that you unshamed to speak to with your friend. And before we end, I want to talk about this really quick. So I had a friend who she is now I would consider an associate, somebody that I know. But at the time I was like, this girl is my friend. We're friends to the end. But I used to think that some of her like towards the end of the relationship, just like some of the way everything went down, I was like, oh, she's just jealous. She's not really jealous of me. Now you tell yourself something's happened one way. It's not. It's not. She's not jealous of me. Um, It basically had to do with she just was dealing with her own stuff. Now, she might have used me as the focal point, but she wasn't jealous of me. She just was going through her own stuff. But when you're dealing with like an unhealthy mindset and you got all kinds of going on, you'll believe all kinds of hype. But this is a tough time. And I remember her going through stuff right around this time of year. And if I would have, you know, of course, hindsight is 2020. Had I known, had I been more mature, had I not been so petty, had I not been all kinds of stuff, I probably would have been able to recognize it. However, I do feel that chapters close for a reason. I do believe things happen for a reason. And it revealed its hand anyway. It revealed that, you know, I need to separate myself out anyhow. And so it's been working out for the last few years. But this is not nothing to play with. Um, I'm hoping that you enjoy season one. I mean, the purpose of season one was just to do a big like, hey, this is who this is who I am. If you don't follow me on the blog, here's a podcast. This is what we're talking about. Um. And go through just like general, like when I say conversations with toy, like these are things that we all talk about. I talk about this type of stuff with my girlfriends all the time. I can even talk about this stuff all the time with my parents, like, or really my husband too, because this is stuff that everybody deals with, you know, the ups and downs of life. And sometimes we want to be so picture perfect. Like, yes, if you come to my Instagram at toy time blog, yeah, you're going to see some amazing shots. Why would you not? It's a snapshot of you know, your best representation of whatever it is that you're going through or dealing with right then, or you want to showcase. And, you know, some people get really caught up in feeling like, oh, my life is not like so-and-so's. Your life is not supposed to be so-and-so. Your life is supposed to be yours. But people get really caught up in this life about what they believe to be real and what they believe to be what they should be aspiring to. And I can just say, if you can make yourself your biggest inspiration and if you can say, but I don't really inspire, I don't think I inspire anybody. I don't think I'm an inspirational person. Then there's a lot of work to be done because as much as I know, like I said, I hang around or be around a lot of influencers, a lot of bloggers and they're super dope, but I'm just as dope, right? 
I'm just as amazing. I have just the most amazing content, just like anybody else's. And so you got to get to some type of a confidence, but that's, that's a trial and error. Confidence is built. It's not, it's built. Confidence get built because you go through ups and downs and you're like, wait a minute. Now I went through that before and it felt like I was going to be under, but then I realized I came through it. That's how confidence is built. Confidence, sometimes you don't wake up as confident as you feel like you're supposed to feel. So sometimes you have to build it. But season one, the 10 episodes, I thought of how amazingly I enjoyed taping them or recording them. I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, I once I figured out the editing part, I got, I got great at it as far as I'm concerned. And I love it. I love being able to come and bring these episodes to you because like I said, this episode is really about gaslighting, but a lot about gaslighting has to do with a personal walk with learning yourself. Like sometimes we kind of jump from different things and that can mean relationship too. But I remember jumping to so many different things and never taking the time out to like learn myself and figure out what it is that I want. Or to figure out what it is that I needed for those moments. What was going to take care of me and make me to be the best me that I could be. And so when you're talking about gaslighting, just keep in mind, gaslighting is there to reveal, sometimes to reveal like where you need to tighten up at. And stop giving so much of yourself to somebody else. But also realize, even though we have these revelations, it doesn't mean that the revelation is because it's your fault. The revelation is there to help you to become better at recognizing it earlier or to separate yourself from it. But when someone gaslights you, that's because it's them. They're doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. They are treating you the way that they're not supposed to be treating you. So I super appreciate it. I appreciate it. Every download that you have done with this podcast for listening if you're not listening to it on good pods this would be a good plug good pods I will say this is a plug for them but good pods is a place where it's almost like the Instagram of podcasters so you might listen to a podcast on Apple but another one on Spotify if you go to good pods you can listen to all your podcasts at one place you can follow your friends, your friends can follow you, and then you can see what everyone else is listening to and watching, or I should say listening to. And then you don't have to ask what are your friends listening to and get a recommendation. You can just, you know, look up and, and get different types of different things. So I appreciate um, Good Pods really just taking me in. They really have been the catalyst of what started this podcast um, between um, Good Pods and Christina Barcy like really have been like the spearheads behind the scenes that have helped me put this together because I had this vision. You know, you can have a vision, but you may not know how to bring it together. But when you learn to put your stuff out there and ask a question, it came, this podcast came to fruition simply from me asking a question and asking, hey, who or do you consider to be the best in the room when it comes to podcasts? I need to pick their brains. And that's exactly what happened. I picked their brains. They aligned me with someone who could help uh, put it together. Um, Christina brought me in. She took me in and showed me the ropes, ins and outs, the good and the bad, all the equipment that I was going to need. And it didn't cost me an arm, a leg and, and, and my child's, uh, you know, my firstborn. Didn't have to give any blood and have to donate anything. It literally just was effortlessly because I aligned myself with people who I felt was going to be the best in the room who could bring me to the answers that I needed and sometimes just putting yourself out there and asking questions is the best way to go and that's how the conversations with toy was started so I'm grateful for those who have been in my pathway that have led me to knowing how to set things up but also told me to just trust the process and do it in your own way you know, I listen to podcasts all the time. I've always listened to podcasts, but I've always thought you can always do what you have to do on your own sauce. So I never wanted to duplicate anyone else. I only could be myself. And I just believe not only now, but I always believe going forward that that's going to be the always the best way to preserve what it is that I'm doing. Because if you do something that you love, it'll be like you're never working another day in life. And what... I'm doing with this podcast and what I do with the blog. I really feel it. I love it. I enjoy it. So thank you for rocking out with me for season one. 
um, since we're not going to see each other for the next two weeks, whatever holidays that may come up in these next two weeks, I wish you a happy holiday of everything that's going to come up. Now, if you follow me on social media, you know, I know every national holiday it could be National Spinach Day. I know what day that is. And so fall is going to take place. Fall is one of my favorite seasons. Excuse me. Happy fall. Happy fall to you. Happy everything to you until we come together on October the 2nd. And when we come together on October 2nd, we're going to take it and keep moving and keep reaching and keep moving and climbing and climbing. But I'm so grateful for this. I'm grateful for this opportunity. Season one has been a blast. It's been everything and more that I could possibly think of. It's been everything that I've dreamed of. It's been a great vision that has been brought to light. And I will see you for season two on October the 2nd. Be ready. Let's have some more fun. Have an amazing weekend. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.